of Align with Lina. And today is December the 9th, and it's it's a fun week because this is my birthday week, so I've been in party mode the entire week, celebrating my my next year of, of joyful experiences as I am you know, enjoying the heck out of this incarnation. I don't remember too many past ones. I have had a few past life regressions and some of them have come up. Um, I don't know the ones that are coming. I know they all happen at one time. If this blows your mind, I'm excited about that. Um, but if it doesn't, just know that I'm in total complete celebration mode. And speaking of celebration, today I am really excited that I get to introduce you to a friend that we've known each other for a long, long time. But as happens with so many of our of these amazing friendships, we have not stayed in touch. So today we're going to do some catching up. So please join me in welcoming my dear friend and colleague, Ursula Lentini. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Lina. I'm so happy to connect with you again. Yes, this is a lot of fun. So let, let's start where we start with everybody. Tell me a little bit about what was going on in your life when you first began to realize that there was more than what you have been taught. When you're beginning to question what you thought was normal and you began to create a little crack in the veil. Uh, I would have to say seventh and eighth grade, I had bought into my Catholic upbringing, you know, hook, line, and sinker. Like I <laughs> was taught that God is love in the very beginning, in the first three years, first three grades, and really had beautiful experiences. In the second grade, I had a, an experience in church where the music and the lighting and the energy and everything came together in the most magical way. I have goosebumps right now. And the, my little friend next to me also experienced it. There was some kind of blessing, some kind of extraordinary thing that happened. And as a child, you're always experiencing new things. So that wasn't a big deal. It was just one of a million things that was happening. But in retrospect, on my spiritual path, I looked back and I said, that's the beginning of my realization. Mm -hmm. Seventh and eighth grade came around and they I was asking bigger, deeper questions and the nuns were not answering me. <laughs> I'm really mad because I felt like they took me down this path and now they're, you know, the the end of the path with there's no questions, there's no next level, there's no and I was like, uh uh, you know, I was so angry. And uh then I kinda went to sleep through my high school years. And as soon as I could, I left Michigan and, you know, the whole world that I grew up in and went to California, Los Angeles to explore every kind of spiritual thing that I could get my hands on, like everything, like insanely. And they, they, it was it was crazy back then because there were so many, many, many things available. And I did every teaching I could possibly get my hands on and ended up living with a relative who was a metaphysician and oh. very similar, almost verbatim science of mind lingo. Um, it was mm -hmm. called eschatology and formally learned that for four years. So I really, you know, you're talking about cast lives. I really think this is not my first rodeo. <laughs> I came in kind of awake, um, articulate mm -hmm. and seeking and knowing and asking and you know because this paradigm that we live in this mass consciousness it's just a bunch of programs and they're not satisfying you know they're not they're not about connection they're not about the priorities are different so i felt uncomfortable for a very long time and then when i was really saturated and really started getting the information that was matching what I knew in my heart mm -hmm. in my soul. And I was like, okay, this, no, that's not right. Oh, but this, yeah, that's better. Oh, what's <laughs> this? You know, very, very curious. And I think curiosity will bring us along the path better than anything else. Sometimes Absolutely. Courage, right? <laughs> but the seeker, the seeker is the curious one. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. You said so many things. Let's let's go backwards and unpack a couple of these things, because, you know, you've been on 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 the deliberate what I'm going to call the serious part of the journey, which is the journey, like you were saying, to have the truth that is in our mind, you know, that, that we're conditioned with the programming match the that operating system 
match the heart, match who we really are. And like you, I went through a series of, of reading things and they match, don't match, match, don't match. You know, this led me a little closer to that thing that I was aligning me, that was aligning me with more of my truth. But let me take, let, let's go back because what you said is really profound in light of the children that are being born today. Oh, wow. And these amazing kids are coming in like you did in, in that early stage, knowing something, having experiences early on. And, you know, for you, you came into an unconscious environment that couldn't help you. I grew up Catholic too. So, and I question a lot of the nuns and I got in trouble a lot, you know, I was basically being asked, who do you think you are asking that question? Um, but I, I had to know because what they were saying didn't, didn't resonate with my heart, but I went to sleep until my forties, not quite like you, I wasn't ready like you to, to really explore. Do you remember what was it like to be that little girl who knew you, you were feeling something, but you were not being, you were not being heard because what you are saying, I hope that parents that are listening to this will take heed of this to help their children today who are asking these powerful questions. I'm so glad you're taking me right here because <laughs> this is important. Um, I'm a youth minister in the Centers for Spiritual Living, not at this moment, but traditionally. So in the last, I don't know, 10 years, I've been a youth minister. Well, since 2003, actually. Um, not officially, but always working with the youth. And then when I became a minister in 2008, officially, you know, working with the youth. But it's I like, remember that. I remember that when I was more active at the Spiritual Living Center. And you know what? Um, oh, now I'm feeling emotional. Um, when I was a kid, I was like, this isn't right. You know, this is not right. And I was mad. Because you asked, how did I feel? I was mad. Yeah. And I said, somebody should be telling me the truth about this stuff. And these people aren't. And I don't have anywhere to go. And I said, I'm going to help kids when I'm an adult. And I'm going to help them know the truth. Mm. <laughs> oh, then now that, that touches me because isn't that what you and I are discovering the hard way in, in, and I know it's all perfect, but the hard way we have to work so hard to come back to the truth when we're born with it. And it's there, it's we're, we're, we're in alignment with the truth. And then we spend a lifetime seeking the information that lets us come back into alignment with the truth. So, wow. Thank who, you. Who we truly are. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing when I do the subconscious work that I do, I'm talking to three and four year old parts of ourselves because yes. that's time where we're, we're done being the baby, you know, we're done coming straight from heaven and we, uh, we're starting to notice that separation going through the terrible twos. And I, I call the terrible twos that, that awakened state where people who are empathic, they kind of stay in this vibration of we're all connected. There's no disconnection. And then other people are able to, um, my cat wants to get in on it. On. Speaking, speaking of our babies, right. your baby wants to, to participate. He's like, yeah. hi, here, Samantha. Oh, beautiful. Um, um, then the people who are able to disconnect, they go through this separation. And yeah. as you and I know, that's the core issue of all issues is that sense of separation from that which created us. Yes. So they go through that and they get this hard shell and they're like, all right, fine. You know, I'm not really happy about the separation thing, but you know, screw it. That's the way life is. So they go on, but us empaths, we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> so we live in this state of confusion. Yes. You ask about these parents of these children today who are very unveiled and very awake and very um, connected to where they came from. And they'll look at an adult and they'll be like, you're so full of BS. I'm not buying a single thing you're saying. You know, you can see them looking at the adults like, and then you look at the adults and the adults like, ee, and you're like, no. So they 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 cannot be fooled. These children yes. cannot be fooled because they're coming from truth itself. So yeah. like I was saying, when we go into the subconscious, I'm talking to these three or four year old parts and we get down to very deep, you know, core stuff. When we feel betrayal, we have an adult experience of betrayal. It goes way back to when we betrayed our own self. And we said, 
I thought I was a beautiful person. I thought I was a child of God. I thought I was special, but everything is telling me I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to not believe that and accept that. And I'm going to turn my own back on my own self. Exactly. Play the game. Exactly. And then we go through life and we resent and we, you know, and because we've betrayed ourselves. So we're like, who cares if I cheat? Who cares if I steal? Who cares if I defy? Who cares if I'm belligerent? Who cares? Who ca- you know, because we and we have this kind of attitude because we've already screwed ourselves. You know, it's like yes. we've sacrificed who we truly are so we can play the game. And then we resent the game and we resent our parents and we resent the religion. We resent, resent, resent. Exactly. But you know what you're saying? It, so you, you're going into, uh, which I'm not surprised, right to the core of what this whole awakening is about. We, we are waking up. We're busting the shell that we have been living from the outside. And what is truly our magnificence, our wholeness, our truth, what we need to align with has been sitting on the inside of what I call, you know, twiddling its thumb. Our soul's just sitting back there twiddling its thumb waiting for us to get get on with the program of why we are on this planet to be the love and the light that we actually are and shine it and not to keep hiding it thank you tisha for your sweet comments saying that this is powerful yes we're speaking truth to power right here thank you ursula um let, let's unpack this a little bit more ursula because if people really had a glimpse of what you and i are saying we're basically giving them the red pill right here you know like in the movie the matrix this is the red pill we have fallen asleep we have fallen in under the spell the illusion of a conditioning that tells us that we are something other than what we are but here's the thing nobody did it to us we're doing it to ourselves by our our unconscious agreements are not knowing it's just we're innocently mistaken how do you explain that to your clients ursula well, you just did. Beautiful. No. <laughs> no, really. Because this stuff is hard to talk about because the, you know, it's almost, I met a lady recently and she uh, isn't from our world. So she says, I don't understand those words you're saying. Everyone's talking about consciousness. Like, what does that even mean? And I'm like, oh my God, thank you for saying that because we do. I live in a, you know, it's like a, a, a business. Like, you know, if I was an engineer, I would have all these, this vocabulary that I would live from. So this is a spiritual vocabulary. And as the walls are breaking down, because you and I, we're, we're a percentage, you know, we've yeah. been on the path for years and years. And some t- people, our own age, are just waking up now and going, what's going on? You know? <laughs> and what language are you talking? <laughs> right. right. So there's there's something inside of us that knows more truth than how we're acting. There's something inside of us that is more fulfilling beyond any amount of money, relationships, success, prestige, Botox, like anything. There's something more genuine and more real and more honest about ourselves that we've never been allowed to touch it goes it like if you could think of how when you were a teenager and then you were in the world of sex and it was wonderful like sex is like muffy compared <laughs> to how wonderful the spiritual connection can be with our yeah. own selves yeah and once we wake up to that beautifulness inside then we can look at another person and say oh i'm sure they're just as beautiful and oh look you know that that person's expressing their beauty right now and there's this heaven on earth experience after we can like go in there and pull out all this stuff and say oh my god i didn't even know i had these things inside of me they've been hidden from my own side and typically like you said innocently through generations of that kind of behavior because at times and place in history it has not been safe to be awake and alive and powerful and yeah. beautiful and strong and talented because those found, those 
other people would find it threatening and it would be safer to shut it all down. Mm -hmm. Let, let's give some examples. Do you have some from your life? If not, I definitely have some that I can pull on from my life of examples where, where we shut down aspects of ourselves that we shut down to, to, for me, you know, to uh, the example that I'll use is with my grandmother. Um, she, we, I grew up in the Dominican Republic. Not only is it the, the island that Christopher Columbus, you know, where he, uh, put his home, but it's where they put the first cathedral of the Americas. So Catholicism was obviously big and it was, you know, the, the, the Spanish Catholicism, lots of shaming, lots of blaming, lots of talk about the Inquisition never ended with these people. It just kept on going forever. So I grew up with that kind of um, mentality that sexuality was wrong. You know, you don't do these things. I remember my grandmother telling me you can't go around kissing boys. You can't go around doing those things to the point that we used to go to the movie theaters with chaperones. And I remember being 13 years old at the movie theater and I've got this boy, Beke was his name. Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm into him. He's into me. And we kind of start leaning over, not quite totally next to each other, but leaning over. And my grandmother kicks the back of the seats in the movie theater and the whole row shakes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so the, the Catholic shaming started at such a young age. I could not even follow this part of me that wanted to express with a kiss. I had to suppress that. Well, I began to develop a story that if I did that, if I kissed that boy, I was betraying my grandmother. And then not only did I have this desire to have that experience, but then I've got this desire to not have my grandmother be bad at me. And then on top of that, you have the Catholic church that is, that is letting me know what a bad sinner I am for having these things that are like, wait a second, something naturally is arising within me, but I'm having to shut it down. So, so confusing, yeah. but it happened to my grandmother. It happened to my mother. My grandmother did it to my mother. Sure. It happened to my grandmother. It happened to her mother. Right. So these are the things that you're talking about, this conditioning that gets passed down that we've taken like like that is so. Yeah. Who, who decided that that's so? That to me has been part of the unpacking, the awakening is somebody made that up. Well, and we've all been buying down to, uh, you know, yeah. buying into that story. But again, historically, specifically what you're talking about here, historically, you know, we're talking about the entire gender right now. Yes, 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 and we are. Grandma didn't want you to be raped. Yes. Grandma didn't want you to walk around and everybody in the neighborhood said, oh, that young lady, she's loose. Mm -hmm. Oh, that young lady, she's a whore. She was kissing the boys at 13. Yeah. Because that's a bad reputation for you and your whole family. Yes. She is to protect your innocence mm -hmm. and your purity from being robbed by some greedy boy who's horny, who doesn't understand respect and so on and so forth. Because the one who was raped didn't want her kids to be raped. So she mm -hmm. was really obnoxious about it all. And then here you are, the innocent 13 year old with some hormones. And you're like, hey, you know, that guy's kind of cute, you know, kind of. And then your mom, your grandma, and everybody else shaming you, and they want to protect you, so they label it shame. They want to mm -hmm. control you, so they label it shame. And shame is a really deep-seated, oh yes. you know, it's like a dagger, and it yeah. goes straight into the core of us, and it will sit there for generations. Oh, yeah. And then those of us who have been molested or, you know, uh, family members have gotten a hold of them and things like that. That carries and carries and carries and carries. And when we don't share it from generation to generation, mm. now it's a secret. Yeah. And secrets fester mm -hmm. and they will play out. So if grandma has a secret, their child won't know about it. But guess what? The grandchildren are playing it out once again. Exactly. Yeah. L let's talk about, I mean, so many things here again to, to unpack. It's just so we, we're going to have to do a part two, I'm sure. <laughs> and three and four possibly, but let's talk about that secret because one of the things that I have come to understand and, you know, you've been, you've been a, a, a coach, you've been teaching for a very long time. And so have I, both of us upwards of, of a decade. 
Um, so we've seen a lot of experiences. So when I share this, this not only is it because I've lived it, but it's because I watch it being lived over and over and over again. And there is a formula to this process. Um, and it, it is the same for everybody. But the, the circumstances uh, look different and the angles of it are different, but we're all going to the same thing. So these secrets are like these dynamic balls of energy that draw to them experiences like unto themselves so that we have an opportunity to make a different choice, so that we have an opportunity to do some correction. Right. Um, when, when we are saddled with that shame, we're going to have to find things to activate the shame. And I wanna highlight this here because people don't like to hear that you draw to yourself the experiences that you need to have. You draw the abandonment, you draw sometimes the sexual abuse, um, sometimes you draw physical abuse uh, in terms of parents that are hitting you, parents that are physically, emotionally, sexually uh, affecting you. Those things get drawn for one reason and one reason only, and it's for us to be able to activate the truth inside of us to break that pattern. Right. How do you help clients understand that in your own words so that they can work through that and accept the, the gift of looking at things as, as something that came to bring you healing? Well, you articulated it beautifully, and <laughs> I don't even, I kind of don't even have that conversation because it's it's such a mind bender it is that people would get stuck yeah so i say you know what we're dismissing the mind right now because it runs like a racetrack yeah. over and over and over again and in the subconscious work that i do my clients come to me because they're fed up <laughs> they're just done with attracting the same story over and over again, the same kind of relationship, the same uh, poverty consciousness, the same glass ceiling at work, the same arguments with their spouses, the same, um, you know, shame and, and self-loathing and eating disorders and all of the different ways, right, that, that we fight with ourselves. Yeah. So the, my clients are like, Ugh! I don't care what monster I have to face. I don't care what demon is inside of me. I don't care if I have to die. Like, just get me back to where I need to be. Yeah. Right to that innocent place we were talking about earlier. Yes. The three-year-old, the I know who I am. I'm something wonderful inside, but I've been told everything against that. So yeah. I don't deal a lot with the constructs and with them understanding the paradigm shifts. Um, I have a, a, a video, a talk, a Sunday talk that I did once called this, the way of the spiritual path part one. And it explains about being in this mass consciousness and getting catapulted out of that reality and landing on the edge of a cliff into the spiritual path world. So that kind of breaks it down. And, and I give some examples of what it feels like through the birth canal and, and you know, it's a death and all kinds of things. It's very horrific. Yeah. So we pass all of that mind stuff because the mind wants to understand. But guess what? Understanding never heals. It brings clarity. Mm -hmm. And then from clarity, the space of clarity, we can go in and grab some something. If you're mm -hmm. in an environment or a meditation or a group or whatever, you know, that brings it. So I bypass all that mental stuff. And we dip right down into the subconscious and we explore what is in there, who is in there, what belief is in there, what emotional event happened to concretize this belief that I'm living from. Because people are like, oh, that's the past. Who cares about the past? I don't even think about it. Uh -huh. Your skeletons are in the closet, knocking on the door, shouting through the keyhole. You know, and we're and it's running your life. We don't realize that. But that past, like you said, that racetrack, it can only keep repeating. It can only keep repeating the same old thing, same circumstances, you know, same husband, same boyfriend, different face, different name, um, same boss, different company. It's the same thing. And people don't, you know, we're learning that. Yeah. Well, I love how you um, focus on that emotional clearing. You focus on the that desire to be clear of that stuff. 
um, because that is that is really powerful. And what's really fascinating is that work is exactly what I don't focus on because I focus on once you've gone in there and you've cleared that up, now let's connect with that essence of who you are. And uh, I don't know if you realize this, but I've been a student of the Course in Miracles for about eight years and a teacher yeah. right now. And you can get in, in, in the headspace with the Course in Miracles. And I found the heart space of the Course in Miracles. Mm -hmm. And we have to put that mental ego mind that wants to keep repeating. You've got to understand it and put it aside before you can enter into the mind of God, which is through the way of the heart. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is so necessary. You cannot enter into the deepest parts of the spiritual journey without having done exactly what you're talking about. I had to do that for me. Yeah, we know I did too. We all do. I mean, that's the only yeah. way through, you know, and the only way through around a problem is through a problem. You can't deny it. You can't avoid, you can, <laughs> you yeah. can. but it's not going to make that problems quote unquote go away. I talked to a friend who's a scientist and in the scientific world, if they can't solve something, they call it a problem. Like that's the technical term of something that's unsolvable in their scientific realm. And he's like, and that's a problem. And I'm like, well, and then on our, in our spiritual language, we don't like to identify negative things, right? Because problem has negative energy, frequency. So you and I use the language of that's an opportunity to solve things so you can have the freedom that, you know, we're talking about. Yeah. So it's so funny to have, have you know, that conversation with the word problem. Yeah. But you're right, because when we have these obstacles in our life, and we're like, I want peace. I want connection. I want fulfillment. I, you know, please, there's something better than I'm experiencing. I don't, I don't understand life. Life makes no sense up here. But see, we, when we have so much pain, you know, the only way we can do is run away into our mind to figure things out. Yeah. Or to avoid the next blow. Yeah say the right thing that will get you the kudos so you feel worthy for that little pat on the head from five years old to 45 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And then you realize like, you know, there's gotta be more than this little pat on the head because like, who are they to judge me anyway? Yeah. And it's, I think today's world is unraveling. Oh, thank goodness. It is. At a very fast pace, the energies are supporting this awakening. You know, what you're talking about, we, we've been running up into our head to solve things, to try and figure things out. And again, back to the Course in Miracles, that's what it calls the wrong use of the mind. It's the mind is supposed to be a servant, not the one that tells us what to do. It's supposed to be the thing that we use as a tool when we connect with the heart, when we're in alignment with our soul which is why I am so excited about this, the precise unraveling that is happening because the quantity, the numbers of people that are being right now activated into their awakening is staggering, staggering. Yeah. We don't have a whole lot of time to sit around and figure this out intellectually. Right. We've got to get to the heart of the, the work that is here. Yeah. Let's jump the conversation forward a little bit because when we do this work, there is an incredible reward. And people think about this, oh, yeah, I'm going to achieve bliss. I know at one time I thought I was going to grow some kind of a halo and wings or something. You know, I'm, I was going to become enlightened above everybody else. And ta -da! I was, you know, I was live my life in light. And that didn't happen, thankfully. <laughs> um, but in practical terms, what has happened to your life through your willingness to get curious and courageous and unpack all of the stories that you were telling yourself that were not consistent with the truth of who you are. Well, um, I went through, you know, they call it dark night of the soul, right? I, I went through <laughs> a 10-year terrible, you know, not cool whatsoever yeah. experience. Um, it's funny you say you were, where was it, Puerto Rico? Dominican no, Republic. In Republic. I lived in Antigua, which is an island in the Caribbean. And um, when we got married, everything was better than perfect. I mean, just as good as it could get, right? And then a couple years later, the business wasn't happening. And then my husband's reality was based, his identity was based on his success. 
So he didn't understand because I had already studied all of this and I was, you know, in the spiritual realm and I understood things and I was living it. And uh, because of his reality and when you're coupled with one person living in one reality and another, it, it doesn't jive. <laughs> the, the first two years were okay. And then the last eight years were not okay. And I did not have a community of like-minded people. So I was speaking my own language in my own world. And I was living in mass consciousness when I had already escaped from mass consciousness. And I somehow, you know, got pulled, dragging and screaming. And uh, we had hurricanes and like, he was angry all the time. And, you know, it wasn't, I was just there alone in a world that I didn't feel like I was in charge of. And I think when these people are waking up today, they're feeling that way. That's the perfect storm. Yeah. And I felt dead. I felt uh, invisible. I felt um, unimportant, uh, you know, no value. And just empty, lost, didn't know how to get out. Um, back to the Catholic thing. I, I made vows when I got married. And then I fit and I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm just going to have to leave this marriage. Part of me said, and then another part said, yeah, well, you made a vow. The guilt part kicks in. Yeah. Well, the guilt part, but the vow part. Yes, 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 yes. And it said, you made a vow. And I said, oh, you know, I, I know, I know, but, 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 but no, you made a vow and I'm Italian too. So, you know, these are two very strong influences in my DNA and who I am and what I've inherited. And then as I started exploring and talking into my head, those parts, because that's in, in the subconscious work, we talk to these different parts. So I'm real clear on who's talking now. So my vow part said, <clears throat> not only did you make a vow to God, you made one to yourself and you made one to your husband. So I ruminated on like these three vows and how am I going to get out of these vows? Because I realized our country is founded on vows. You're as good as your word. So when these men got together and they said, this is the word that we want to base our country on. I'm like, oh my God, like they can't turn against their, you know, like the 9-11 hit. And I was like, okay. Forget the vow conversation. I got to go now. I'm awake. So I crawled out of that situation and woke back up. So I was awake. I went to sleep and I woke back up again. And it was harder the second time. I relate. <laughs> because the doubt comes in. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Because it didn't work last time. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> Calm down. And then there was a lot of emotional healing and then, you know, you just, and book more books and community is really what helped me the most because, because I was alone and isolated, I wasn't getting the support. I wasn't getting the air. I wasn't getting the mirroring, the reflection, the languaging, you know, the stimulation, the examples, none of that. So it just, so then when I woke back up, I sought community and, and from there, I've always been about community because I understand personally the value of community. Yeah. Well, but it sounds like you were put in the perfect place to to block you from community so that you could dive in deep and do that personal work. Because I was here. I wasn't in Antigua. I was right here going through my own divorce and going through my own Catholic shame and my own, oh, my God, I made the vows and and all of that had to face all of that. What am I going to do to my kids? You know, it was done unto me. I didn't like that that was done unto me. So lots of mental fuckery going on in my head where lots of things that I was thinking were not matching up what my heart was telling me. Mm -hmm. So heart is guiding me in one direction and the mind that, that I have made the master is mm -hmm. telling me, no, this got to be this way. Um, but however, however it turns out, one thing that I have come to know for sure is that everybody is being guided through exactly what they need to go through to get to the alignment that they are seeking um, with whatever, you know, wherever on the journey they are. So you're able to take that and discover things about yourself. 
And like you said, it was a second awakening. There are multiple awakenings. It's like a brand new baby that is born. It wakes up and then it takes a lot of naps. And it, it has to become an adult before it stays awake all day long. And then I know a lot of adults that still take naps. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I do from time to time. Um, but anyway, so this is a process that takes a while. But what did you have to give up to really hold that awakening? Let's talk about that. The ego. <laughs> really? Yeah, it is. It just, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So when, you know, people, they, they, they don't like public speaking, right? Because why? You're going to be judged. You could be embarrassed. You could make mistakes. So when in divorces, it's been a long, long time, but you know, when we walk, when we have divorce, when we, we are a divorced person, it sucks. It's horrible. It's so shameful. It's like, I failed. You might as well have a placard saying, I failed. Again for me. <laughs> and then we have this judgment on ourselves and we have the society's going to look at me this way. And society, they don't even care. They really don't. But, but it's the promises that I've made, the, the things that I've wanted, the, all of that. And it gets all crumbled up and just thrown right out the window. So we go, we start all over again when we're divorced. And, I, and men suffer greatly. I have so much compassion for a divorced man because he, his job, his DNA is to provide and protect. And he's blown all of that. He failed. So he, who he is, is a failure in his own mind. And us women, we can be like, okay, you know, get over that and just crawl. But this is like a core, core, core issue for a man of how he shows up in the world. So when a man gets divorced and everyone's like, oh, get over it. You know, they just drink a lot, you know, just to push down all of those feelings so they can get up in the morning and face the day and do what they need to do. But that's a broken man until he heals and now's a time of women and the women are leading the way because we're self-led and we're gathering that back to that community and we're getting together and we're saying okay let's all work together let's heal each other you know let's not worry about the men let's go forward let's create let's empower and we're doing that and then the men hopefully are able to work on themselves as well in their own way and get help and you know seek people like us to help them in a gentle way to not continue the storyline for them but to help them unpack that and 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 become a better person yeah but what you're again you're, you're just touching on so many things um and what she must be one of your fans as well and she yes. is somebody that i'm a fan of melissa oliver in the house yes she Thank is you. Uh, she is the spiritual path, a very dedicated woman. You may want her on your show. As oh, well. I've already had her. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I love Melissa. Um, yeah. We we love, love, love that woman. She's amazing. Um, it, and here is, here's something, you know, you're talking about the men. Fortunately, I do now, I am aware of quite a few men who have used their own divorces, their own uh, losses of job, losses of money, their, the, the, the wonderful financial crash back in 2008 did a lot to wake up a lot of men who were identified with their money and women too, because I know I, I that, that was part of my, the thing that I had to unpack. Um, so there is a lot of incredible support to assist a man in also not living from that story of who they are based on what society has taught, just as the women are to not live from that story of who they are based on what society or Catholicism or whatever has taught because all of this is to bring us down to the place where when we live from our authentic self, we become gentle, kind, loving people. That, that essence of who we are is emerging because we would not go around um, hurting each other, cheating on each other, raping each other, beating up on each other, cheating on each other, lying to each other if we all lived from our authentic place. Right. So let's do speak now to what is... What is the authentic Ursula? What is what does she look like? What is going on with uh, your authentic self? I'm an introvert, right? So you know, I love just I love my home. I love nature. 
I love peace and quiet um, because when you said what it, what has to be given up in order to to obtain this peace, you know, and I'm very um, science based, right? So I, I can think logically. I'm very intelligent. I, I can go into all kinds of worlds intelligently, but I realize as smart as I am, that's not making me feel any different. I said, you know what, that's nice and entertaining, but, you know, let's be quiet for a little minute. So when I started going into my heart and unraveling that and went through all the pain and all the stuff that's in there that's buried that we just want to run away from, then at the bottom, and not so buried on the bottom, is peace. And I got to the place of peace, and I cherish peace because when you live in a world of unpeacefulness inside of you it's it's so destructive yeah. and then when you finally find peace I'm like <sighs> and now I live in on earth yeah and I just I have a lot of peace and I a lot of fulfillment you know people talk about bucket list I don't have a bucket list I don't need a bucket list <laughs> you know. I don't want because everything I have is what I want. So there's so much satisfaction. You know, I feel like an old person. Like old people, they're just like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No, I don't want to go out. No, I don't need this. I don't want to. No, 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 no. I'm good. So I, I feel like that. I feel very satisfied, very complete. But then I'm still here. So now I still have to create. I still have to share. I still have to give. I still have to, you know, participate all of those things um so my world just looks like a lot of peace a lot of nature time because i really feel connected and and alive and whatever and when i'm in nature so I, I just love nature and then i love sharing like you and i were saying when you're on the path you can't help but turn around and share even when i first discovered uh, you know, the teaching, the, the science of mind teaching, the now called Spiritual Living Center, um, metaphysics. I just wanted to, like, tell everybody, like, hey, there's this teaching. You better come listen to it because it's awesome. You know, it talks about the truth. It cuts away all the BS, and it talks just about the truth. you got to. People are like, oh. So, in a way, we just, we turn around and share. We, it's, you know, it's like we prepare the food, and we want to share the food. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's so beautiful. And I, I would have to totally, completely agree with you because that's one of the beautiful things that I have discovered about the truth. Every teacher of truth, and there's a difference to me between somebody who's teaching truth because they have experienced it and somebody who's teaching about the truth. And when, when you when we are teaching from a place of truth is because we have felt that peace that passes all understanding. There is nothing anybody could ever now tempt me with that would ever make me value anything other than my peace more than, than I do because that pl that place of peace, that's, that's where I know I'm in alignment with source. That's one of the beautiful things about this journey was that I came to realize that that God that I grew up fearing that was on a cloud somewhere with a beard deciding who's naughty and who's nice. Um, what I discovered is that that God, that presence, that essence, his consciousness, his energy, it is intelligence itself expressing itself in and as me. So knowing you're talking about that piece, I'm talking about that piece is because you and I have both come to taste the same well. We're, we're drinking from the same well. We, we are in that place that there is absolutely nothing. No, what bucket list? What, what could be better? Are there experiences that I want to have? Sure. But if I don't have them, I don't feel like I've missed out on a single thing. Right. Um, and I love hearing you speak about that piece. And for you, you know, nature is such a wonderful way. For me, it's really more in, um, in, in the expression of dance because I love that movement of the body and the, the socialness. Growing up Latin, dance was such a big part of my life. And with my you know last two marriages, 30 some odd years of being disconnected from my truth, just seeking, finding things outside to try to fulfill me all because I wasn't tapping into my own source of fulfillment. So mm. 
I do love nature. I'm becoming more, more aware of my need to be connected with nature. But that well of peace that is, you, you, there's, there's no bottom to it. Right. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So let's talk about sharing because for me, again, back to the Course in Miracles, I teach what I want to learn. And the Course says that you have to give it away to receive it. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you teach, you share. How, tell me your website so that people can find you. Um, it, now, obviously, they can find you here through Facebook because we're doing this on Facebook Live, but for the podcast audience, how can people find you? Uh, my website is my first and last name, UrsulaLentini.com. And that's U-R-S-U-L-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-E.com. And I invite people to message me. Don't try to friend me because I don't, you know, just message me. Yeah. My phone number is available if people need to text me and call me and just reach out and say, hey, I have an issue. Uh, I would um, be, I'm, I'm available. I keep myself available. So as many appointments I have, engagements and things like that, if somebody's reaching out, I will take the time to reach back and say hello and to connect, even if they're not ready. Yeah. You know, just to feel seen and heard and then follow me, watch me connect. And then eventually they'll be willing to do the work that they need to do because they know they already know you've, you know, you and I both know when you see a teacher or a healer and you're like, they've got something for me. And it's just a matter of time before you connect with that person and receive from them. Um, And I'm doing more and more speaking engagements, uh, 2000, uh, 2020, I will be doing a online course uh, twice a month around spiritual principles that have worked yeah. for me. So I want to share in a group, in an online group capacity. So I'll be doing that. I'll be offering that. To, and watch on Facebook because that's where I announce things. Yeah. Yes. Well, we just received some really kind words from Melissa and from Christo. Thank you guys for that. Um, so sweet. It's always fun when we are sharing information that, that just resonates with people. Let's talk about what you just said. Um, when people are ready, they'll be ready. They'll know that whole saying about when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I have certainly found that, that, that is the truth for me. Let's put that in the bigger context because there is something calling us back into alignment. There is a source, a truth. There is a, a, let's call it God, spirit, source, creator, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter what we call it. It knows what it is. But we are being called back into alignment with that higher vibration of love, with that frequency of of authenticity, of integrity, of innocence. Um, Everybody is going to be shaken up to wake them up. It's going to happen. It's happening. Yes. Say a little bit about your recommendations again, with all of your years of experience, your recommendation for somebody kind of new to this, what would be the, the steps that they might want to take as they're cultivating a spiritual journey of healing? Because that's what this is really all about. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's so cliche, but it's so true. Follow your heart. So your instinct. So you're like, oh, look, the days opened up and I can watch this show with Lina and Ursula. And become curious. Allow your curiosity to, to, you know, peek through the curtains and look outside into the world that you've always felt was out there, but you've been told don't open those curtains. Go ahead and follow your curiosity. If you come across a book or a phrase or a little affirmation, grab it and consume it because it's that that water in the desert, you know, that will, you're thirsty, you're becoming thirsty, spiritually thirsty, go ahead and drink from whatever you feel is the right thing. Many people have to do that in a secret way. Yeah. Uh, You know, against their work, against their family, against their religion, their spouse. So go ahead, you can read a book secretly, you can pray secretly, you can catch an online meditation secretly. You can journal. I, I highly recommend journaling because that's where we can really get in touch with our parts, with our truth, with ourself. 
and, and express things and say things for the first time. And the thing about journaling is there's something inside that's unspoken and we yeah. can physicalize it. Like you said, with dancing, when we can physicalize something, now it becomes a different frequency, a different vibration, a different reality, a different truth. Ah, look, it's in black and white in my own handwriting. There it is. I knew it was real, yeah. but it never had the courage to come into form. So that writing is a very physical, uh, multidimensional experience that's really important. So I, I, journaling has got me through my life. And I've oh, yeah. I was a child. And that I can feel is a very strong way of expressing ourselves. Dance, take a dance class and feel parts of our bodies that we as women haven't have been blocked off with. Wake things up, breathe, go running, go walking, spend time in nature, start talking with other spiritual friends or people who you think are spiritual and be discerning though. Just like we were saying, not all spiritual stuff is spiritual stuff. You know, it might be like, yeah, that's good. No, that's not good. Mm, that doesn't feel right. Mm, you wake up the next day and you're like, something's not right. And watch your teachers. You know, the Catholic Church taught me that back actually, and it's paid off very well. Don't trust because they told you to trust. Trust because they've earned their trust. Because not everybody who's on the path is true. You know, they're not right. Or sometimes I've been through two or three teachings already where the teaching is steady, but the teacher crashes. Yeah. And it's really sad to see, but it happens because there's so much power here that if the teacher hasn't done his or her own work on a deep, deep level and continues to do it, they're susceptible to temptation and ego, yeah. pride and whatever, and they'll crash. Yeah, we have to watch our teacher, even as the baby student, we have to be discerning and and follow our intuition and our instinct to what's calling towards us. And once we find something that really go ahead and consume it. Well, but into that point is follow that discernment is is we're beginning to activate an ability to listen within to move from that head in, uh, intellectualizing and analyzing space and moving into that hard feeling, sensing, activating the ability to feel the resonance with what is the next right step on this journey. And yes, so many, I don't know a single teacher that can take you beyond where they've been. So we, we will all know, we will all know when we reach that place where we kind of maybe know a little bit more than that teacher does. Not that, that that's a good or bad thing, mm -hmm. but everybody cannot be in third grade. So there are first, second, third grade, you know, all the way on up to even beyond higher education grades. Mm -hmm. So let, let me just kind of insert this little piece in there because you were talking about, you know, we're peeking through the veil. It's okay to have permission to kind of peek through whatever it is um, that is going to lead us to a, a, an expansion of who we are, to an awareness of the more of ourselves that we have not been in touch with. And that pathway I have found is fear. I always say that thing that scares you, that it, it's going to irritate you, that something is going to bother you, that irritation is an invitation. Begin to question the things that you think are so. Begin to question what you're afraid of. What am I afraid of? Who told me I should be afraid of, of this thing? Um, look at your shoulds. Look at your, your, your coulda, woulda, shoulda. Begin to question these things that you think are solid, that are that's the way it has to be because that's how grandmother taught you. That's how the church taught you. That's how the, the government says it is. That's the way your boss says it is. That is where you begin to peek through the veil and everything that you thought was a final edge. What if there is no final edge? That's what this whole journey began to help me understand is that if God is infinite and I never doubted that, but I never understood that either. I thought God being infinite still had some kind of a, of an end that you can, you could only go so far. But discovering what infinity means was to realize that what I am has no edge, has no end, unless I decided that, that is where I'm going to stop. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what began to allow me to peek through the veil to go, well, what more is there? If I can open up this door, if I get divorced, so what? What's going to happen to me? 
you know, who, who's going to get upset with me and explore all of those irritations, all of those invitations to look at why would I do something when I wasn't happy? Why would I sacrifice my heart just because of a fear or because of a societal norm? Um, and that is where my my journey really began was when I began to explore. For me, it started with fear of death because it was when my mother passed away and I was 41 years old. I all of a sudden this fear of death got activated. And what helped me peek through the veil was a friend who gave me a book on near death experiences. That began to soften my fear of death when I went, oh, wait a second. There's another way of looking at this other than I'm just going to go to hell. Then that same friend gave me a book on past lives. And I went, all right, I peeked through the veil. There's future life. And then I peeked through another veil. There's past lives too. And then all of a sudden, my world was not so final. It, it didn't have this edge of birth to death. It was like, it this thing continues. Yes. So if it continues, do I want to come back and have the same crappy experience? Hell no. That that began the momentum of, well, if I can change my way of thinking, can you imagine how much richer this lifetime can be? I don't have to leave it to really experience the more yeah. of who I am. That's kind of what you're talking about. Get curious and begin to discern and the, the right teachers will show up. That's one of the beautiful things is that there's never a wrong teacher. There's a teacher who shows you that's not the right path for you, but th th there's nothing wrong um, with you discovering that that was not the way for you to go. That's always helpful. So Miss Ursula, share with people, how do you come back into your alignment? What is your practice now that you know the truth of who you are and the peace, the will of peace that you like enjoying? You know, it's your birthright. Mm -hmm. How do you realign whenever you get a little sideways start in the morning with alignment because you know you might as well set yourself up for success so between six and nine is my time and i do prayer work i might sleep in i might go for a walk i might piddle around my house do some scripting and i just i'm with myself in silence for those three hours. And that's an extreme because I know lots of lifestyles can't afford that, but that's a luxury that I give myself. So it's my personal time to be quiet with myself. And then after that, I've got plenty to give to the world. You know, lots of inventory to, lots of energy to spend. Um, and I'm, and I'm a quiet person. If something throws me off, if, like the bank account's too low or somebody, you know, said something and it rubbed me the wrong way. I just reflect. Uh, how am I feeling now? What am I doing now? I'll have a little conversation with my part. So if a part feels hurt or a part feels scared, I will have a part, a conversation, an internal conversation with my scared part. Okay, what are you afraid of? Uh-huh, okay. And then I will just have compassion and do a dialogue with that part until that part trusts me enough to lead the way and then it will calm down and, and reintegrate. So I kind of move slowly internally. So even if I'm busy and doing a lot of things and there's quite a bit of on the schedule, I'm staying present as much as possible with what's going on inside because that's the permanent version of myself. Any issue that comes up is very temporary. And like you said, if I have to come here and do this again, you know, do I really want to make the same mistake? So I try to stay with that permanent part of me, that soul part of me, that love part of me. And then anything else that comes out, comes out. even if it's a, a fantastic experience where I'm like, oh, I'm going to go do this amazing thing. I go to that and then I come back, you know, so, so I'm, I spend a lot of time in my center and then do these temporary experiences. That's why I like to be alone. That's why I like to, you know, be at home. That's why I like to be quiet um, as an introvert. You know, it's, it's natural for me. So if and so, when I go out in public and do social things and all of that, my introvert, you know, just stays quiet. And is like, okay, can we go now? And I'm like, no, I'm having a great time. You know, no, that's <laughs> no, there's a story here. I want to find out what's going on. No, I have some questions for this person. So I just have that ability to comfort myself and be with myself and all, all of my parts based on all the work I've done. 
And then that's how I stay centered and that's how I move through life in a fluid manner because you can't resist everything because life is life. It's not that things don't happen to people like us. They do. It's the way we handle them that makes it not a problem, so to speak. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Love, love that practice. Because for me, it's the same thing. Uh, I have had to learn that this journey has brought me into a place of realizing that there is a presence within me. And that presence, I've trained myself into being aware of those parts that you're talking about. And I, to me, I keep them really, really simple. It's the ego mind, it's, it's the conditioning. And then there's my soul, this my heart, the love part the love or fear voices. And actually, if, if anybody wants to receive, I have a free video where I kind of explain that in, in a six part video. If you go to lineorlando.com, just sign up and you'll get that six, uh, six part masterclass because it really explains the ego and the soul really simply, the, the voices that we have in our head that, you know, the ego mind that blocks the truth of who we are and the truth of who we are that needs our assistance in becoming unblocked. Um, but thank you so much for this wonderful conversation, Ursula. I, I just knew we were going to have a fabulous time. And based on all the comments and the responses and the, the nice audience that we've had here with us holding this beautiful energy, it's it's been an honor sharing this space with you and sharing your wisdom with the world. So thank you. Thank you. Um, I really enjoy your honesty and your integrity and your your love i feel a lot of love that you want to share because of the love you have you're like i gotta share my love i want to interview other people and i want to share so i really get that from you lina and i appreciate you know who you are and how you're showing up in the world well thank you and i thank you so i receive that <laughs> as part of the journey is receiving receiving um when people say such beautiful things thank you <sighs> Thank you. And I, I am so grateful for what you do and the ways that you're helping people. So thank you for continuing to do that. And I'm sure we'll have more conversations. And thank you, everybody, for participating with us. And if you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. Help Ursula and I spread the word. This, is, this does not need to be a secret that we are, every single one of us is magnificent and powerful beyond measure. Let's just help people connect with those teachers that are going to assist them, whether it's us or somebody else. Let's just help wake the planet up. Thank you all so much and have a magnificent day. And to you, Ursula, a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day and your week and your rest of your magnificent life. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.